everybody. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Lights Out Podcast. I'm your host, Josh. As always, I've got my brother and producer, Joel, here in the studio with me. And today, we are covering perhaps the most cursed object in the world. And that object is none other than Robert the Doll. Robert the Doll is one of the creepiest looking dolls, in my opinion, that actually exists. And he still resides in Key West, Florida, where he continues to give people quite a scare when they come to view him in his glass case. And we'll get into all the specifics around, you know, what Robert the Doll has done, as well as sort of his twisted and dark history of how he came about. But before we get into Robert the Doll, I had a few little announcements I wanted to make. One, my CBD brand High Love Wellness just released a new flavor, and that is Blueberry OG, which if you're not familiar with Blueberry OG, it is a terpene blend. It's based on the cannabis strain of Blueberry Kush, and it's a really, really nice flavor of blueberry, and it really soothes and calms, you know, the stress mind and body, and, you know, has a really nice aroma to it. And this is coming in our CBD oil. So this is something that you can take orally under the tongue, or, you know, you can put it in drinks or what other types of food you want to mix it with. And what's great is that it's all broad spectrum CBD. So there's absolutely no THC in it. So you're not going to have to worry about failing a drug test or anything like that, but you're still going to get the entourage effects of all the cannabinoids that are inside of our premium CBD oil. So if you haven't checked out Higher Love Wellness, would really love if you would. It's higherlovewellness.com and everything is made here in Colorado. It's all small batch. It's all super fresh. Some of the highest quality stuff out there. And I would love if you checked it out. But also this episode is brought to you by HelloFresh, Care Of, and Blender's Eyewear. And thanks to everybody who's left reviews and ratings on the show. Really appreciate it. Joel and I love to go read your guys' feedback, both Absolutely. on YouTube and Apple Podcast reviews. So if you haven't subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts, would you? It would really help us out. For sure. And don't forget to follow us on YouTube and uh, Spotify as well. Definitely make sure you're subscribed in those different places and following us on social media. It does really help us out, and it's a great way to support the show for free. But let's not waste any more time, and let's get into the haunting story of Robert the Doll. So the story of Robert the Doll begins with a young boy who was born on October 25th, 1900, named Robert Eugene Otto, and he actually went by the nickname Gene. And Gene came from a very prominent Southern family and was the youngest child of Thomas and Minnie Otto. Thomas was a third generation doctor, and Minnie's parents were both Bahamian English, which just means that they were born in the Bahamas, but they are of British descent. Gene's older sister, Ms. Pa, was born in 1892, and his older brothers, Joseph and Thomas, were born in 1895 and 1897. So when Gene came along, the family had recently moved into a magnificent Queen Anne Victorian mansion they had built at 534 Eaton Street in Key West, Florida, which is a property that's now called the Artist House. They had a large household staff, including a nursemaid, originally from the Bahamas, who took care of Gene, who was the baby of the family. And when Gene was four years old, he received a very special present, a large cloth doll that was nearly the same size as him. And Gene decided to name his new doll Robert after his own first name. And Robert the doll was actually 40 inches tall, almost three foot four, and wore an old fashioned sailor's uniform. And he was likely brought to the United States by Gene's grandfather, Dr. Joseph Otto. He had bought the doll while on a trip to Germany while visiting his father's side of the family. And the doll itself was designed by Richard Steef, 
the German designer who helped create the first teddy bear and handmade by the Steiff company. It was meant to be used in a window display of clowns and jesters and not to be sold as a toy. But at some point, the face may have even been painted like a jester. But by the time the doll was given to Jean, it was a flat, pale yellow color. And Robert the doll is made of fabric and stuffed with a type of wood wool made from slivers of logs called excelsior. And the seams and gouges on Robert's face gave him a very sinister look, almost like he had been disfigured in a terrible accident. He had no expression and his eyes were vacant and black. But none of this mattered to Jean as he absolutely adored Robert and carried him everywhere. Robert was more than just a comfort object to him. Robert became his best friend. Jean would even have full conversations with Robert and the doll just sat with him and his parents at the dinner table and Jean would even pretend to feed him food off of his plate. They'd even stay up late together, playing and talking for hours and at bedtime, Jean snuggled up with his best friend Robert and his parents tucked them both into bed together. At first, Thomas and Minnie thought it was good for their youngest son to have a playmate. It was sweet how much he loved Robert, and he seemed really happy to have someone to talk to. The family ended up devoting the turret room of their house to Robert. And the turret room is a unique architectural feature commonly found on castles. It looks like a tower on top of the house with windows all around it. They put furniture and toys in Robert's new room for him to enjoy when no one else was around. They even got him his own teddy bear. And for a while, it was all good fun. But then they started noticing something very strange. When Jean was alone with Robert in his room or in Robert's room, he would talk to the doll and ask him questions. At some point, his parents heard soft giggling that didn't sound like Jean. Of course, they assumed this had to be Jean, you know, just throwing his voice in order to kind of act like a ventriloquist for his doll. But the giggling became laughing and then talking and they realized that the second voice was much too low to be coming from their little boy. The first time they heard this deep voice, it freaked them out quite a bit. So when they rushed into the room, they assumed to find, you know, some grown ass man that had broken into the house. But instead they found Jean on the floor playing with his doll and no one else was in the room and all the doors and the windows were locked. When they asked Jean what he was doing, he casually replied that he was just talking to Robert. Soon after this, Thomas and Minnie started hearing loud noises throughout the house, like someone was dragging something heavy across the floor. And when they'd hear this and go and check, they'd find that the furniture moved or had been knocked over. And Jean always had a standard response as to what had happened, saying, Robert did it. Jean told his parents that Robert could move by himself. And in fact, Robert was very strong. He could lift things that were 10 times his weight or more. And obviously when they're hearing this, Jean's parents are very concerned, but they're just assuming that, you know, Jean's got a wild imagination and he's just being a kid and, you know, nothing's really happening. But then things started to get broken or lost. And when they'd bring it up to Jean, Jean always blamed Robert. It didn't take long for Jean to start suffering from horrible nightmares and night terrors. And he'd wake up in the middle of the night screaming like he was being attacked. And when his parents rushed in, they found him alone with Robert terrified and impossible to calm down. One night, things really escalated when Jean was 10 years old. His mother heard screaming and a big commotion coming from his room in the middle of the night. And when she tried to get into the room, the door was actually locked. Jean was inside just screaming for help. And he heard her struggling to open the door 
and yelling for him to unlock it. But he was absolutely frozen in fear and just kept screaming. When she was finally able to jimmy the door open, she was shocked by what she found. The entire room was wrecked. Furniture was toppled over. Toys and books were thrown everywhere. And all of the sheets and blankets were stripped off of his bed. And as they're looking around the room, they see Jean huddled up in the corner of his mattress, just trembling and absolutely scared out of his mind. And guess who's sitting at the foot of the bed, staring at Jean? Robert. And when Jean was finally able to talk, Jean told his mother that he woke up to find Robert staring at him. And then all of a sudden, everything in the room just started flying off the shelves and out of the drawers. And obviously this scared him. And that's when he started screaming for help. Minnie was very confused though, and asked again, who made the mess? And Jean calmly replied, Robert did it. After this whole incident, things really started to go off the rails. Things began happening that couldn't be explained. Robert would actually move around the house on his own. Jean would leave Robert in his bedroom, only to find him later sitting in his rocking chair in his room, looking out on the street below. Talk about creepy, man. Yeah, that's as creepy as it gets when a doll can move from room to room. And, you know, we've seen that in the Annabelle one, too, is they just have a mind of their own. Seems like it. Some, seems like something is possessing it or uh-huh. inhabiting it, allowing it to just magically move around. I mean, that would be pretty creepy, I must say. Yeah. About a haunted doll that just moved around, leave it in one spot, come back, and it's in some other spot just staring at you. That would freak me out. (laughs) (laughs) That would be really wild. Neighbors would even notice the creepy doll staring at them from the window. And anyone who visited the home would have a strange experience with Robert. One time, a plumber was working at the house and the family was out. And Robert the doll was sitting next to a window with a few other toys on his lap. While the plumber worked, he heard children laughing and playing behind him. It sounded like a group of little kids were running through the hall, giggling uncontrollably. But when he turned around, he expected to see that the family was back. But there was absolutely no one there. So he stood up and looked around and realized that the doll had moved to the other side of the window. And now the other toys were across the room. It was as if the doll had actually thrown them in anger. Jean's parents and siblings heard disturbing giggles coming from different parts of the house. And when they went to check, they always found Robert sitting with this vacant stare. After a while, they swore they saw the expression on the doll's face actually change. They'd see a flash run by and then turn just in time to see Robert scrambling up the stairs. And when they ran after him, they'd find him just sitting by the window, staring. That's creeping me out. (laughs) Just thinking about out of the corner of your eyes, seeing this little like creepy ass looking doll, like scurrying up the Mm -hmm. stairs, like on all fours or something. That's just so wild. And so interesting how they see that flash of light. It makes me think like an orb is going in and out of the doll. Or it's just like, I think he's moving so quickly that he's in that white sailors thing that it almost looks like this little white, (laughs) white orb, like going up the stairs, but he's just like flashing by scurrying around. (laughs) God, that'd just be so crazy. Terrifying. They tried to convince themselves that their eyes were just playing tricks on them. But everyone was quickly becoming very afraid of Robert. But Gene still loved him and insisted on carrying him everywhere. But to his family, Robert was a terrifying presence in the home. Eventually, though, the doll turned on Gene and started terrorizing him nearly every night. 
and destroying his other toys. And when his parents asked what had happened, Gene always said the same thing. Robert did it. It didn't take long before rumors started to spread about the Otto family's home. And by now, everyone in the town knew about the Otto family and their seemingly cursed doll. People started to speculate about where Robert had come from. And rumor had it that Minnie wasn't kind to the family's servants. Sometimes she was downright cruel to them. She was especially strict with them about practicing any religion or rituals in the house. But one day, she caught a small group of them doing what she believed to be black magic. And she completely freaked out and fired them all. The Bahamian nursemaid who cared for Jean was very angry. And she wanted to get revenge on her mistress. So she dressed a large cloth doll from Germany in a cute sailor's outfit that Jean had outgrown. And she knew no one could ever be afraid of such a harmless looking doll with an adorable stuffed animal at its side. But before she gave the doll to Jean, she used a voodoo curse to draw in an evil spirit. She sewed a lock of Jean's hair into the doll to make sure the boy bonded with it. The curse had worked. And the more Jean's family believed that Robert was evil, the more powerful the spirit became. Clearly, the spirit was feeding off of the fear that it generated through Robert the doll. That's what I was going to say. And was the reason why, you know, it was able to manifest itself more and more Mm -hmm. and allow itself to move around and start throwing things around the house. It's pretty, pretty scary. For sure. And when Jean's aunt came for a visit, she knew right away that something was wrong with the doll. She told Thomas and Minnie that Robert was possessed by an evil spirit. And when Minnie heard this, she took this mention of evil voodoo or black magic very seriously. And she insisted that they had to do something. But she was afraid to just throw the doll away, as the spirit might come back and seek revenge. So Thomas locked Robert in the turret room and told Jean not to play with him ever again. The very next day, Jean's aunt died under mysterious circumstances. Then Thomas died a few years later, on March 31st, 1917. And he was only 52 years old and his death was a huge blow to the local community as thomas was known for more than just the haunted doll he was actually a philanthropist who gave generously to many charities and causes and when the united states joined world war one the very next week gene's brothers both served in the military gene however didn't serve as he loved to paint and dreamed of becoming a professional artist so he left home to study art Gene actually started at the Academy of Fine Arts in Chicago, and he attended the Art Students League of New York, which is an independent art school in New York City. He then traveled overseas to visit Paris, and while he was there, he met his future wife, Annette Parker, who went by Anne. Originally from Boston, Anne was an accomplished concert and jazz pianist, and had even performed for the King of England. Gene returned to the U.S. and stayed for a little while with his sister, Mizpah, and her husband, Dr. Michael DeBeau in their home in Coral Gables, Florida. Gene was 29 years old and working as an art dealer at the time. He would then go back to Paris a short time later to be with Anne while she finished her program. And they actually got married in Paris on May 3rd, 1930. After that, they moved to New York for several years, and Gene continued painting, and Annette performed at the legendary Rainbow Room at Rockefeller Center. While Gene was making a name for himself in the art world, his mother Minnie stayed living in the family home, and she kept Robert the doll locked away in his room and pretty much forgot all about him. In the late summer of 1945, Gene and his three siblings were called home, along with their uncle Henry and Minnie's brother. Minnie had also gotten very ill, and she was on her deathbed and didn't have much time. 
and on the evening of September 14, 1945, with her four beloved children and brother around her bed, Minnie died, and she was 77 years old. Her funeral was held the following Tuesday, and Jean and his siblings stayed in town to make arrangements and spend some quality time together. They also had to decide what to do with the family home. And while Jean was becoming a prominent artist, his brothers had found success in their own fields. Dr. Thomas Otto served as a lieutenant colonel in the Army Air Corps and then became a surgeon. And he actually married a well-known female pilot named Marjorie Fales. Judge Joseph Otto served in the American Expeditionary Force as an officer in the Machine Gun Battalion and was appointed to the circuit bench of Monroe County by the governor. They were both married with kids and had prominent careers. His sister, Ms. Pa, and her husband didn't have any interest in leaving their home in Coral Gables. But Jean and Anne were artists. They could do their work from anywhere and had nothing keeping them in New York. So it made sense to Jean for them to move into his childhood home. Anne wasn't thrilled about this idea, though. She didn't really like Key West. But Jean and his siblings convinced her it was the best option. So they packed up their life in New York City and moved to Florida. Jean soon became a fixture in the art scene in Key West and a prominent member of the community. Though he was continuing his professional success, there was something holding him back. It was Robert the Doll. Once he moved back into the house, it was as if Robert took hold of his mind, and Jean became obsessed with Robert, just like when he was a child. He got the doll from the turret room and started carrying him around. He kept him by his side while he painted, like his muse. And at night, he sat Robert on a chair in their bedroom before going to sleep. Jean cleaned up the turret room and converted it into a studio where he could paint in peace. He even set up a space for Robert, too. He put a rocking chair in Robert's favorite window, and he would sit there for hours while Jean painted, just staring out the window. But Anne hated Robert. She got a terrible feeling around him, a sinking feeling in her stomach, and she just couldn't shake the bad vibes. Anne loved to entertain and throw huge, lavish parties, but whenever people came over, they were freaked out by Robert. They swore his expression changed based on the conversation. And if they left a room and came back, Robert would move from one spot to another. And people would just stop coming over. The doll became a serious issue in their marriage even. Jean started talking to Robert and often ignored Anne in favor of this doll. He then started having wild, unpredictable mood swings and violent episodes of rage. He would stomp through the house, knocking over furniture and smashing picture frames while yelling and cursing. And if Anne got in his way, he would push her or hit her, sometimes knocking her to the floor. It was like he was in a trance, and she couldn't shake him out of it. Once it would pass, though, Gene would suddenly snap back to his normal self with no memory of anything he had said or done before. And Anne knew that these attacks were being caused by Robert the Doll. Gene thought she might be right but he didn't want to give up his relationship with Robert. At times, that seemed to be the only thing that he cared about. Anne blamed all the problems in their marriage on the doll. She was miserable in her own home and actually completely stopped playing the piano, which was something she loved to do. She believed that if Robert was gone, her and Jean would be happy again. She begged Jean to get rid of Robert, and he eventually agreed to put him away for a while. So he put Robert in a box and locked him in the turret room. And for a short time, everything was quiet and Anne was able to entertain again without anything weird or scary happening. And Jean was able to focus on his work. But as you can imagine, Robert didn't like being locked away. So he started to rebel. Whenever Jean and Anne had guests over, Robert would drive them away immediately 
He would make loud knocks and dumping noises. And when that didn't work, Robert would giggle, even laugh, until the guests fled in terror. Jean would then go into the turret room to check on the doll and find him lying motionless right where he had left him. But then Robert started moving. He even escaped the turret room and went downstairs to look out different windows. He would watch kids walking by on their way to school and laugh at them. His eyes followed them no matter which direction they were going. And he would move spontaneously from one window to the next. And the whole time, these kids are walking by looking at the different windows as Robert's popping in and out, just staring at them. So you can imagine how terrifying that was for the kids. Later, their parents would tell Gene what had happened. And he'd be like, oh, that was impossible. Robert was locked away. So Gene would go into the turret room to prove to himself that Robert hadn't moved. But when he went there, he was gone. Gene started looking all over for him and couldn't find him. And finally, he went downstairs and found Robert sitting at the bottom of the staircase, just staring up at him. When Anne found out what had happened, she freaked out. She was completely terrified of Robert and demanded Gene to get rid of him. He calmed her down, though, and convinced her, you know what, this is just a fluke. So he put Robert away and locked him back in his room. And he said everything would be fine. But it wasn't. Robert continued to escape. He moved from window to window in the house to watch the people on the street. The neighborhood kids now refused to even step anywhere near their house. The kids would dare each other to step onto the property, seeing who could get closer before running away. And none of them ever got close, especially if Robert was watching. Most people started crossing the street before passing their house. Being that close to Robert was enough to terrify even the most logical skeptics. And the terror wasn't based on logic. Just being near Robert caused an overwhelming feeling of doom. Anne felt like they were becoming social outcasts, and no matter how much she begged Jean, he refused to give up Robert. And she lived like this for decades, and it slowly drove her mad. Jean continued to paint and stayed in the family home with Anne and Robert for the rest of his life. He ended up dying on June 24, 1974 at the age of 73 years old, and he was buried in the Otto family plot, along with his parents and some family pets, including three Yorkshire Terriers named Derry, Little Boy, and Sonny, and Otto family's beloved pet deer, Elfina, who has her own statue to mark her grave. Before we get into the aftermath of Robert the Doll and where he is today, we're going to take a quick ad break and we'll be right back. So after Jean's death, Anne wanted to try to regain some of her sanity, which she knew started with getting Robert out of her life. But she felt too guilty to just throw him away, knowing how much the doll meant to her late husband. He had even left Robert to her in his will, along with the Otto family mansion. Plus, Anne was just straight scared of Robert. She didn't want to know what would happen, or what he was capable of, if she crossed him, or better yet, got rid of him. And to be honest with you, that was probably a smart move. Because most likely, you know, there's a possibility that Gene, after he passed, you know, part of him may have stayed with Robert, only making the possession more intense. So instead of getting rid of Robert, she locked him in a cedar chest and shoved it in the Tourette room. And soon after, she sold the home and moved away. And she ended up actually passing away a few years later, in January of 1979, at the age of 76. And then a woman named Myrtle Reuter bought the house. A lot of the furniture and possessions of the Otto family were left inside. And her young daughter actually found Robert the doll. 
When the little girl found him, she was excited and she felt an instant connection. She cleaned him up and brought him to her room to play. And before long, she was carrying Robert everywhere with her, just like Jean did when he was a little boy. Shortly after she found him, she started having terrible nightmares though. And they were so scary that she'd wake up in the middle of the night, screaming for her mother. The first time this happened, Myrtle was sure someone had broken into the house and was actually attacking her daughter. But when she went into her room, she just found that the girl was sitting in bed with Robert at her side, completely hysterical. And that's when her daughter started to explain to her that Robert could move by himself. And she had woken up to find him running across the floor and over the bed. Her mom obviously didn't believe this and just thought she was having a bad dream. But later, the girl found her other dolls had been mutilated or destroyed. And when she got upset, Robert tried to violently attack her, so much so that she had to fight him off and would run out of the room screaming. Then the accident started. The family started having bizarre accidents in the house. They dropped things on their feet or tripped up the stairs. Pictures fell from the walls for no reason, hitting them on the head. And every time something happened, Robert was always nearby. It was as if the doll was giving off chaotic energy that everyone could feel. And people would always say it felt like they were in the presence of pure evil. Guests who came to the house would hear footsteps and laughter coming from the turret room. A few people who went to check to see what was making the noise found Robert alone in the room with a knife in his lap. The last straw, though, was when the doll attacked the family's dog. They found the dog struggling to breathe with a cord wrapped around its neck. After this, Myrtle locked Robert in a trunk with some other old junk and tried to forget about him. But when the family moved, she decided to take Robert with them, feeling a strange connection to him. Myrtle continued to experience strange things with Robert. She saw his expression change in front of her own eyes and heard the now familiar giggling and footsteps around the house when no one else was home. When she learned more about Robert's unique history, she realized that he was something very special. He belonged in a museum, not collecting dust and storage somewhere. So in 1994, she donated him to the Key West Art and Historical Society and shared everything she had experienced with him and all she had learned about his past. At first, Robert wasn't even put on display, and the staff was very skeptical of Myrtle's claims. But then, strange things started happening. Electronic devices stopped working around Robert, as he seemed to emit a strange energy that the staff could even feel. And word spread about this mysterious, haunted doll, and people wanted to see him for themselves. Robert's now on display at Fort East Martello Museum in Key West, and he's kept in the basement in a glass box with a small stuffed lion in his lap. The lion had been part of another display at the museum, the Edna Wolkowski Dollhouse, which was a collection of antique toys, including stuffed animals. And one day, a volunteer for the museum was cleaning the display case and noticed something was missing from the dollhouse. There was a gap between two stuffed animals that she was sure wasn't there before. She checked the case and it was still locked, so she kept cleaning. And when she got to Robert's case, she saw the missing stuffed animal sitting in his lap, which was the stuffed lion named Leo. When she reported this to the curator, she found out that no one else had been in that area and no one had unlocked any of the display cases. It was as if Robert had wanted a friend. So they left Leo in his case for him. Robert has gotten pretty famous over the years, and he's a main attraction in Key West. He has social media accounts and tons of fans 
who can purchase Robert the Doll memorabilia and even get their own miniature version of him. People have even gotten tattoos of Robert. Believers and skeptics come from all over to see Robert the Doll for themselves, and many people report strange things happening. Robert apparently hates having his picture taken unless guests ask his permission first, and if they don't, their cameras can stop working altogether until they leave the museum. And if they do manage to get a picture, the files are usually corrupted, or the images come out blurred or blank. Some people have even reported seeing his expression subtly change if they stare at him long enough. Others claim he moved to a different spot inside the glass box when they turned around. People who taunt Robert have had terrible things happen to them when they leave. A few have gotten into serious car accidents after leaving the museum that have almost killed them. One family believes Robert is the reason their daughter lost her diamond engagement ring, which led to her wedding being called off. These people are so sure that Robert was the cause of their misfortune that they have sent him apology letters and offerings. They beg for his forgiveness, hoping he'll leave them alone. Others send him fan mail and presents, and he usually gets at least one to three letters every day, and many more emails addressed to him. At some point, his fans learned he liked sweets and started sending him candy and chocolates. The museum staff often finds letters and candy left for Robert, and every once in a while they find money, and even a few joints left by guests. Even those who are perfectly nice to Robert feel a dark, evil presence in the museum that often follows them for days. Multiple staff members at the museum have been Robert's caretaker. They believe he sometimes comes out of his display case at night in order to wreak havoc on the museum's cameras and security system. The most recent caretaker for Robert is a curator named Corey Convertido. Once a year, she takes him out of his case, checks him over, and weighs him. She's also in charge of receiving his fan mail and running his social media accounts. Occasionally, she answers letters on his behalf, especially those sent by children. Corey's not sure if Robert is haunted, but she feels they have a working relationship and has never had a bad feeling around him. Robert and Jean's former home, the Artist House, is now a popular bed and breakfast that's been operating since 1978, and it's one of the most photographed buildings in all of Key West, perhaps second only to the Ernest Hemingway Home and Museum. The house has been completely restored and is one of the few original structures on the island, held in high regard by architectural historians. Guests at the bed and breakfast can still feel the presence of Robert and the Otto family. They often have strange feelings when they're alone, like someone is watching them. People can stay in the now famous Tourette room that once belonged to Robert, and multiple guests have seen the ghostly figure of a woman in white ascending slowly down the staircase from the Tourette room. Interesting. So it seems like people can stay the night in this room. Yeah. Much. Yeah. It's a it's a big tourist attraction at this point. Oh, that'd be so cool. Haunted bed and breakfast, baby. Hell yeah, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Add it to the list. Yes. But this lady in white is actually believed to be Anne Parker Otto, Jean's wife in her wedding dress. The house has been featured on the Discovery Channel show Would You Believe It, William Shatner's Weird or What, and the Travel Channel's Mysteries at the Museum. Robert's story was even the inspiration for the 1988 horror classic Child's Play featuring the evil doll Chucky, which obviously we all know Chucky went on to be a huge franchise worth over $250 million thanks to his unique blend of psychological horror, dark comedy, and lots of violence at the hands of an adorable little doll. Robert has also inspired horror movies named after him, including Robert, released in 2015, and The Curse of Robert, released in 2016. And now 117 years old, Robert the doll continues to fascinate and horror all those who visit him. 
and many people who meet him in person are convinced that he's no longer possessed by an evil spirit, but in fact by the spirit of his former owner, Gene Otto. Mm, That's interesting. People think that because originally Robert was cursed with voodoo. Yeah. So making that transition from maybe a bad spirit to a good spirit, um, just very interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense too. Like, obviously, you know, it's a cursed object, but, you know, once Gene died, I think, you know, a piece of him entered that doll perhaps mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of changed the... The dynamic <laughs> a little bit. The, yeah, exactly. Changed it from a more creepy, threatening doll mm-hmm. to a more, you know, just more of a haunted doll. Yeah. You know, going from a cursed doll to a haunted doll where he, you know, he now just chills out in Key West, Florida, <laughs> man. Not a bad place to to reside no not at all definitely be cool to see robert the doll in person yeah one day you know i I really have always wondered and you probably could probably attest to this more because you've been to the haunted museum in vegas but Mm -hmm. i've always wondered that if i were to you know stand in the presence of something like this that is supposedly cursed or Mm -hmm. possessed or haunted if i would in fact feel anything right do you feel any bad energy or vibes was there anything in the haunted museum that was an object yeah. that you felt. And I think I mentioned this in a previous episode, uh, the, the conjuring true story when, when I was there, but when I finally got to, it's like towards the end of Zach Bagan's, uh, you know, on museum tour, I got to see the Dybbuk box, right. His most haunted object in his museum. And when I was standing there, yeah, after a while staring at it long enough, I don't know if it's just myself psyching myself out, trying to look for something to feel, but I did start to feel lightheaded at a certain point. And um, they also showed us a video before going in there when Zach Bagans and Post Malone got together and Post Malone was was at the same box. And yeah, they were like freaking out. I mean, highly recommend watching. I think it's on YouTube. You can see Post Malone's experience with it. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely did feel energy or you know certain things or feeling sick and you know going through like you wouldn't want to just there's no feeling of wanting to just hang out there all day no and you know there seems like a beer and sit next to it and (laughs) you know just hang out with it no i want to say for me personally um you know but i truly do think haunted objects are real and yeah you know they're they are surrounded by energy that can affect you know humans energy and absolutely and stuff like well that. i mean we have a energy field all around us so yeah. it makes sense that some of these objects might have some residual energy mm-hmm. left over from something that you know you know a spirit or right. you know, somebody who passed that you know kind of left some of that energy behind or you know on the flip side like with the Dybbuk box, you know, mm-hmm. you're always talking about demons or some type of mm-hmm. supernatural entity that takes possession over an object and, you know, then in in turn makes people feel, yeah. you know, a certain way. Like, you know, initially with Robert being around him made you feel like you were in the presence of evil. And mm-hmm. this is a real feeling that many people have reported feeling of mm-hmm. being around cursed objects or haunted, yeah. you know, truly possessed places and having that overall feeling of like oh shit Mm -hmm. feels like death in here right or doom you know so and i think the experience you know it does matter who the individual is you know that goes into these haunted museums or around haunted objects because 
I forget which exhibit, but you know, when I was going through Zach Bagan's museum, they did show us a clip before going into a room. I forget what room it was, but it showed a previous people going through the tour and that they were standing in this room while I think one of the tour guides was just given the history or something. And they straight up passed out. Like you see it on film and everything. They completely lose their legs, just fall straight to the ground out cold. And that to me is like proof that maybe certain people don't have the defense system. Other people do have yeah, around these types yeah. of haunted objects. Like they're more vulnerable yeah. and they don't even know it. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Mm-hmm. You know, with, with a lot of this stuff, it's hard to really, you know, exactly explain what's happening because it's, yeah. it's unexplainable. A lot right. of it is just like, we have no idea what's actually going mm-hmm. on, but we know that it's having an effect. You know, there's something about, these objects or the energy around these objects that affects you know the human psyche and just how you perceive things and right and i i agree that's why i'm so curious like to go to a place like mm-hmm. that because i really want to see like i i feel like i have a very like strong like defense system i yeah. guess you could say and i don't know what that is exactly i, I don't, don't either but but i just feel like i would be able to go into some of these places and probably not have a strong reaction to it you know right but who fucking knows i mean maybe i'll go there and be the next guy that passes out (laughs) you know standing in front of the dybbuk box so Mm -hmm. it's very interesting all this is interesting and the idea of you know using black magic or voodoo to curse an object or something like that's all very interesting to me and yeah something that's been around for you know hundreds and thousands of years potentially Mm -hmm. of you know these types of things and voodoo dolls and everything we'll have to dive more into all that in another episode i want to get into like Haitian voodoo and all yeah, these different things. Definitely, I, I think there's a lot of really interesting stories of oh, yeah. uh, the people have had with experiences regarding you know black magic and voodoo, mm-hmm. and you know a lot of people are very scared of it. And yeah, are like don't 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 fuck with it. You know, right. like you just never know what could happen. But but even voodoo has been around for thousands of years. Yeah, longer. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's countless you know stories about voodoo and objects mm-hmm. being cursed and stuff. So. We'll have to dive into it more. Uh, in a future I can't episode, wait for sure. For sure. But hopefully you enjoyed this episode on the cursed Robert the doll. Let us know if you've actually been to Key West and actually seen Robert the doll before. And if anybody out there has any pics of Robert the doll, maybe you've taken a pic with him, definitely share it with us. Cause it'd be really cool to see, you know, some of your guys' experiences and hear, you know, what, what happened to you when you visited Robert? Did he, you know, did he haunt you after the fact or hey. was it just a doll in a case? Uh huh. Let us know. We'd be really interested to hear about that. But yeah, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're following us on social media at Lights Out Cast. And we'll be back next week with another very crazy episode. But until then, Lights Out, everybody.